<sighs> That's about the level of enthusiasm I can have right now. I knew this day was coming, though. Where something would go bad. I mean, because everybody has a bad mm-hmm. client. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. And I guess, I guess I'm grateful that it's not a ton of money. Like, we are talking about small amounts of money. And I managed to kind of catch it and make it force it into a crash landing after one week instead of after like a month and what i think is weird though is that like he didn't really try to i feel like he didn't try to resolve it like i feel like he was just kind of a bully yeah yeah he probably thought he was being very uh gracious which i think that's like i don't think there's a middle ground for us to find because if he thinks that that's all my time is worth for hours and hours and hours of design time. the hours, right? Like yeah. you told them that it was going to take you multiple hours. And I get that that's my responsibility because I agreed to complete, you know, a flat rate project regardless of the number of hours it took. But I think you completed it though. I think don't I you? did too. I do. I think I did. Yeah. And I just feel like he's just like, he was like, He's just ramrodding you. He's like not giving mm-hmm. an option. He's just like. Well, I was kind of doing the same thing to him. I wasn't really giving him an option either. What do you mean? Like, well, you just said that you couldn't do anymore. Exactly. I was like, I've used up my time. I don't have any more time to give you. And and the amount you've paid for is is all the budget I have to give. Yeah. And so I basically didn't give him a lot of options. But I really didn't know what else to say. Do you think he'll, he thinks you'll dispute him, Tim? Or do you think he thinks you'll just take it? Yeah, he probably, I don't know. I have, a, my gut tells me that this, that this is not worth it to dispute it. Yeah. That there's probably more than $200 worth of pain and misery and stress and sleepless nights ahead of me if I dispute it. If you do. So that's kind of the direction I'm leaning. It's just kind of letting it go. I understand. Dealing with it. Because I might get a very bad rating. So I really, the only thing I can do with the ratings is also give him an honest rating of the way I see it. Which is a one. Well, yeah, there's like five different categories. So, yeah, I'll take a look and see what they all are. But, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. I just wonder, like, if they'd help you remove the rating, at least, for not getting the money, you know? Only if I dispute it, probably. I probably won't have an ear with anyone there unless I open up a dispute. Yeah, because it was like, they give you, like, um, like a upwork dispute person but it's not binding and then if you don't listen to them then you have to like pay an arbitrator like if folks people don't listen right if they don't come to a resolution through it then yeah yeah exactly i don't want to end up there i don't want to go down that path and it's like yeah like we're so different because i want to i want to take this i want to take it to him but i don't have i don't have that to give i know you don't so i think you're probably wise i just feel like i don't have the energy to to make justice happen you were falsely accused and it annoys me Mm -hmm. it's unjust you have a very strong sense of justice and it's like I want to make him pay with hours too, because you know if you dispute it, then he has to like try to prove himself. Yeah, yeah. He's got to have done, disputed before if he gave you a long word document and stuff. I have the feeling that he's disputed before. Yeah, he definitely probably has more projects on under his belt, right? Through the system than I do, so it could be dangerous to play a game that he's already played before. Yeah. He sounds very aggressive. Yes, that is that is accurate. He is very aggressive. And so that does seem like it could just be, you know. Yeah. I just can't believe that he got so many positive ratings. It's very confusing. Well, it's the inflation thing. It's the everyone has to give five stars. Otherwise, it's, it's a zero. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess if someone steals your tunic, you give them the other tunic. And that's what he did. He stole a tunic. My favorite tunic. I seriously want to like write him this letter, like and be like, "You took food from the mouth." Like I want to like make him pay. I'm so. Do we talk about this at all in the podcast? We already are. I've already been recording it. Okay. But like my sense of um, justice is like, I want to make him pay so bad that I want to be like, this is, this is Tim's situation. This is, you know, he has a sick wife. He gives his all, you know, he has two small children and I know that this man has a really hard heart, but I just, I want to make him pay. Like I... I just, I can't, it's so hard for me to drop things. Like, I mean, I can't tell you the number of disputes I have had, like <laughs> over a rental. Like I've had two lengthy disputes over the cost of a rental a, movie. A movie back rental, there was movie a blockbuster. Rentals, yes. One blockbuster, one Hollywood videos. Yeah. And um, I spent probably a hundred hours disputing a surgery. Right. <laughs> and... um other insurance and bill things i always have tim make the initial call and then i tend to go on past the time that tim would <laughs> i i usually run out logical of energy brain would go past I run out of energy after like three times so it's like okay and so i'm like and it has served you fairly well i've as, won every single time at what cost i know that's the thing like but it's like there's a sense of pride of like just like of persevering of like like I will outlast you and I've never met a person that I haven't outlasted (laughs) and so which is such like a sick pride you know like that's kind of sick but I want to show this man like what it is like to be up against someone that will you know stand up for themselves until he breaks and I want to do that to him and so that's not very godly. Like, that's kind mm. of just like, you know, I mean, Jesus didn't, he wasn't like, you are so unjust. I am God. I came down to earth to save you. And yet, don't you like sort of like have a little bit of a fantasy about like, what if Jesus had done that? What if he had like let them have it? Like, Especially what if, when he was on he the was, cross. Like he could have still died, but even, then like maybe struck him with lightning really quick. Right. Before. Or he's, he's standing in, before the Sanhedrin in a courtroom. He's literally yeah. has the floor to say everything that could be said. He could tear them apart and make them feel so tiny. Yes. And that's that's what I like dream of, you know, because mm-hmm. I I I get that. I there's a sick part of me. Like I have a good sense of justice which can be good for issues like trafficking that we've, you know, dealt with, but like it can be very bad for things like this where yeah. I will sink innumerable hours just to make someone they won't even understand it. It's just they finally give up, you know. And like You also do put energy like that into good causes thank you but like my sin nature though calls me to these sorts of things that that. i can't seem to seems very tasty yes (laughs) it looks good and it's good for makes making us feel wise and you know sin yeah it does it makes me feel wise because like i in a business thing i disputed with a lawyer and i won and that was probably god's grace on me because (laughs) like i mean he could have probably brought me to court for free i don't know what he could have done but right but it was like a hardcore dispute over um the freelance money of what he thought I didn't deliver. Yeah. And, you know, and it makes you, I was so terrified, but it makes you feel kind of like good or something. And, sure. And like, that's the thing. Like, I feel like this isn't even about being the smartest when you do these disputes. It's just about holding on the longest. Right. And so like, it can be really good, like you said, for good causes, but for these sorts of things, right. it's like sick. So, yeah, so as if you haven't had enough stress today, let's put you in the hot seat uh, I love, for trivia. I love trivia questions. <laughs> I know you this do. is not going to hurt. <laughs> Unless I get it wrong. I know. Oh, <laughs> you're evil. <laughs> Number 10 Males are usually larger than the females. <laughs> Ooh. 
oh. humans. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, nine. They range in size from 1.6 feet to 4 feet tall. Whoa. Oh. It's not a human. I'll no, give you that clue. No, it's definitely not. A I'm, toddler? <laughs> it's technically still human. Okay, okay. I've got I've is got though, I've got a short list of choices, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lock in yet. Okay. Is it really a human a toddler? <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, are they are they even human yet? Mm. They okay. they're very social. Um we apologize for the truck sound, but um, what what, I mean, I don't know like how long this truck is going to go on, so we've just got to record. So my apologies. Eight, they're very social as they live together and usually breed in vast colonies, always returning to the same rookery. See, I should know this now. Okay. Between 1.6 and 4 feet tall? Yes. A rookery. <sighs> well, that doesn't seem quite right now. Vast colonies. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. I've locked, locked it in. in? Is it number oh, eight or number that's seven? Eight. You've eight. locked it in. Eight. Yep, oh. locked it in. Seven. They comprise of 18 species and six. Okay, this is embarrassing, but I don't really. Genus? G- genera. It's genera. like G E N E R A. That's like, like that's like the plural of genus. Okay. I think. Write in and let us know if we got that. (laughs) Both parents are very devoted to their young. In 1997, it was estimated the population fell 20% in 10 years. They spend as much as 75% of their time underwater searching Mm. for food in the ocean. Have you gotten this Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yes. They mate for life. Smart animals. Have we done this before? Or have we just read another card that I don't? Has... I don't remember this card, okay. but the answer the, made sense. I feel like the mating for life sounded familiar, but we probably haven't. But now I think I feel paranoid because of last week. So I'm like very um, paranoid. It's so about hard what to know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Our memories have like depleted this year after yes. all the stress. Um, they have insulating layers of air, skin, and blubber. Um, blubber. They are pink birds. Ooh. You're not reacting. I mean, I didn't know. That's surprising. I totally was joking because this is one, but I wanted to make you like scared or sweat, but you didn't. Right. There are birds with black and white feathers and a funny waddle. (laughs) I was hoping the pink would shock you and you'd be like, what? I got it wrong. And the answer, of course, is. Penguins. Yes. Eight points for the Tim. Yeah. Well, there we go. A win. Pretty good. Would you rather have won well at trivia or have not have this freelance con- contract? <sighs> you know, the trivia helps. Honestly, the trivia is is a positive. It's not an either or. It's a it's just changes the net balance at the end of the day to go up a little bit. <laughs> Man. Oh, I appreciate you asking me such an easy question, Becca. No, it room. wasn't just so easy. I wasn't purposely giving you an easy one. I thought, I don't know if animals are as much Tim's thing as there was like Facebook was like one of them. Like I looked at oh. like six of them and like there was, they were all like, you were going to get them easier. So I'll, this was actually the most difficult of right. my group. I was starting off with thinking like sheep and goats like i was thinking goats for some reason because mm. i know there's lots of like short and tall goats like they have a variety of oh yeah things, like the but, miniature goats right but as soon as they said rookery i was confused it was like that's a bird thing what kind of bird would be that oh <laughs> exactly when they were first discovered in the antarctic uh people assumed they were fish really yeah So yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting week. Like we had a, we had a really good sermon about hope. Um, it was kind of funny because he was talking about situations where you might feel hopeless, and we were like, check to all of them. Like he even you know, brought up having remembering the time when he knew people's houses who had burned down during the Black Forest Fire. Yeah, like that. That's <laughs> like, Yep. And and then you know he's like problems with business, and that was even before we had this client. But uh-huh. we we lost another big client. Like things have just been like nothing due to Tim's work, but just how yeah, things, just the things nature of the beast yeah. of the 
you know, up and down a freelance. And so, I mean, it's been a little stressful, honestly, mm-hmm. this year, except, I mean, I mean, we know God's providing, but it has been kind of stressful. So it was like that and illness and, you know, trouble with your children or young children. You know, it's just like it was like everything down the list was like things that could cause that. And but um, like I feel like I do feel like um, I felt a sense of hope, though, afterwards in a lot of ways, you know, because I feel like um, that I've been a little embarrassed like, I don't know, like with this year with, with, I felt kind of like discounted or something with, with this kind of like, um, you know, barely able to function health stuff, you know, I felt a little discounted. And so it made me, it reminded me to keep hoping though, you know, like for, you know, like I, I think I felt a sense of like, hope of like god's wonders and we're also reading exodus which yeah 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 right because we're in the one of those uh year-long reading plans and yeah exodus so why do you feel hopeful in exodus well like i i feel like god's wonders like like some of the stuff i don't know like i hadn't caught before like when they started complaining in the desert they didn't have water for like seven days and so i'm like interesting like like, wasn't yeah. it seven days? It like, was just it three said, days. Or three days, sorry, but it's like, three days. There's like three million like, people with right. all their livestock. Survive. Yeah, three million. Like, and I they haven't had water for three days. It's like, yeah, you're going to be pretty upset and pretty worried. I hadn't like pictured that before. And so then I was like, oh man, like that. that's like when God came through. And with the whole account of the Red Sea and everything, I just feel like there's kind of this like... I could see why they keep doing, yeah. giving up hope at the point that they give up hope, you know? But then yeah. God's wonder comes it makes in sense. when it looks pretty bleak. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, another fun thing that we were thinking about with Exodus was the perfume. Oh, yeah, well, it was interesting. So, yeah, the laws of the temple and worship and all that stuff, like, they describe a really fancy robe with a bunch of metal and stuff on it, and then they describe the perfumes to mix together the oils to mix together to make a perfume to anoint the the tent and anoint the altar and anoint like everything needs to be anointed by this special perfume and they're supposed to mix up like i don't even know like a hundred gallons of it or something like that like it's a big amount and they're supposed to use that like until the end of time like i'm a little confused (laughs) but they were like use this mixture and this is to be your 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 perfume and no one is to make any perfume like it otherwise they'll be cast out and yeah and then the same with the incense too like use a perfumer's incense and to combine these things together so that it smells nice and, and I kind of thought like oh it appears like magic like yeah, the mana like, it's like wait where right no, like, <laughs> like they had to have been doing some trade like you also think three million people like they had to have trade with the outside world like they couldn't have just been like sometimes we have this picture in our minds that they were like lost in a dust cloud like yeah. completely cut off from the outside world for 40 years right and it's like that probably isn't the case because it even says that uh Early on, Moses sent his wife and children back to his father-in-law, Jethro, who then came and brought them back. Oh, good And it's point. like, so like, there's definitely like travel and like people coming and leaving the group, but like they just didn't have a land to stay in. So I think they had to have been able to trade with people for oils and perfumes and, and certain things that came from other areas. And like, I almost pictured like, yeah, like I almost pictured like an invisible like laser barrier or something where it's like zoop, you nope, can't go can't through <laughs> it's the invisible wall <laughs> yeah i i do i see what you're saying like it is kind of talked about in that way that that's what the the time in the desert was so it's like it was like a prison but maybe not quite maybe worse than a prison <laughs> you can leave but you can't ha- you don't have anywhere to go yeah all three million of you like yeah i mean it's such a massive amount like Mm. when i really picture that so but exodus was not the book that we were planning on talking about this week though wait rewind though that was my segue oh it was a very good segue but i wanted to know how your hope was because i wanted to complete that section if we could and then we can (laughs) reuse your segue (laughs) (laughs) so so you have hope because of perfume? 
<laughs> no, we've moved on in Exodus, but I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about hope. Like, what gives you hope? How is your hope in, like, this year? Oh, man. Well, we're a month in. It's interesting. We're at the end of January in 2018, and exactly one year ago, we were a couple days into our stay in Kathmandu. Yeah. We were living in someone else's uh, house, uh, sleeping, you know, on a mattress on the floor at someone's house and um, learning a lot about Kathmandu and being very cold in the morning, uh, <laughs> figuring out how the power electrical heaters worked. Um, oh, and running out of water in the cistern. <laughs> <laughs> like, because you had to pump water up. Like from the city. Oh man, it was complicated. I'm sure we talked about it. We should go back and listen to some of those episodes. That would be interesting. <laughs> to hear young Tim and Becca talking about their experience. Oh man, that sounds terrible, but fascinating. So I guess it's hard because we had a lot of hope and we had a lot of courage to try new things last year. Yeah. And it's hard to see still where it's going. Yeah. So I'm having trouble with my hope. My hope is not healthy right now. I could say that. Yeah. I'm willing to admit that. My hope is is, uh, is shaky. Yeah. So this sermon series about hope out of Zechariah, of all places, is is helpful. It's very helpful to have that, but it's still really hard right now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because I don't know what's coming, what's next, and having this work problems and still having no good answers from any of the tests that your doctors have conducted and just not knowing what's going to happen day to day or week to week is, is making it difficult for me. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Well, and it is kind of cool that it, it is from like Zachariah cause you know, he was like using the, the visions and I kind of liked picturing this guy with like a giant tape measure like <laughs> measuring out like is it like new jerusalem or something that he's measuring i guess was it like yeah i don't know no but... he's measuring actual jerusalem I think. oh okay it's it might be one of those prophecies that's for the the near future and the far future but yeah I, like he's measuring out like there's gonna be so many people in jerusalem that they're not even gonna all fit in the walls and i love like yeah his little tape measure getting that out but um it did make me think like you know um it's like it's one of those kind of like areas where it's like yeah you don't really want to say like you've had a vision because you don't want people to think you're either like ultra spiritual or crazy. Yes. Um, but you know, but God did give um hmm. us this picture. Um, you know, back in two thousand nine, I wow. will say possibly two thousand ten at the latest. Wow. Um. And it was, it has been, it has not come to pass, but, um, it like talking about like Zachariah's visions, like reminded me kind of of that and of like that hope that there's still stuff to be done here that, um, like I, I can't see it right now, but like, yeah, like, like we were given something to let us know that it's not done. Like some of the dreams that we have, man. Man, that's uh, it's still hard to think about having hope in a vision that is quite old now. Yeah. And quite hard to see how it could come to pass. Totally. Mm. You know, and I feel like I feel like in some ways when things don't go as planned, I don't know, like I tend to just want to like hole up in my shell and like not let anyone um you know, see me because then you get embarrassed about sharing your dreams because you're like, um, didn't work out so well, you know, but I feel like, um, yeah, you know, but I don't know, uh, like, I feel like Joseph had to have felt that way. Like he was very vocal with things that he wanted or actual dreams that he had. That makes sense. From God. And I mean, it had to have been kind of embarrassing when he was in jail. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Joseph definitely a man of faith, but like, I wonder, I wonder what went through his mind all those years in prison. Yeah, hmm. probably not good things. 
probably a lot of bad things happened to him during those years in prison. Yeah. I know. I always like think like, was he like this joyful? Like I've heard some pastors be like, oh, he was like this joyful mm. serving person in the midst of like the pain, which he might have been. But I'm like, he had to have had like some dark yeah. spells. Yeah. You could serve and have joyful events that shape your life while still suffering through feelings of darkness. Yeah. I'm just jumping all over the place here. We are. So let's, you had such a beautiful segue that I I cannot unfortunately remember. But um, I was just trying to say that we weren't, we weren't planning on talking about Exodus or Genesis today. We were planning on talking about a different book. The Daniel Dilemma. Yes. And um, do you see the problem with the cover that I talked about last week? Um, I remember thinking it was really funny while I was listening to you, but now I can't remember what you said um was the thing that was that's okay i won't i won't ruin it for you i don't you don't need to see it once you see it you can't unsee it oh there was like an uh, there's a backwards letter i remember what you said now now i can see that okay i wouldn't have even noticed it well i know it's supposed to be subtle usually those things are supposed to be subtle like i think they do it on purpose to be like clever designer thing so yeah so we really just read the introduction i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest we did not make a lot of progress on it this week um how many chapters are there um that's a great question but you know the introduction was like it wasn't just that tiny it had multiple pages um (laughs) there is 15 chapters and five parts so i mean it could Maybe if we'll we try really to do a party. Yeah, if we really got on a kick, then we could that do a party tweak thing. Mm. Well, so yeah, it's it basically is just expanding on on the premise that you can read on the cover, but that I, that Daniel had to learn to balance a uh, being part of a culture that he didn't agree with, while at the same time reaching that culture and standing firm for what was his you know, what he knew was right and wrong. And so that's why, I think that's definitely why we've always admired and respected that story of being in a strange place and being uh, a foreigner who has to affect and survive the culture that they're in. Yeah, we gave, I mean, we gave our first son the middle name, Daniel, Mm -hmm. um, because we do admire him. And, um, you know, there, I think the quote, the one quote that I wanted to bring out is it says we may feel so angry threatened and frustrated that we want to withdraw from culture attacking and condemning people who don't agree with us Mm. or we may become so battle weary that we're tempted to issue a blanket acceptance (sighs) that avoids any cultural conflicts yes I feel like the second one is definitely where I lean towards you know because but you just spent all that time talking about how when it comes to uh, business true and those types of conflicts you will battle it if there's injustice like I get very riled up but like things like I feel bad about sometimes is a lot of people talk about like living with their boyfriend or or different things like that and I feel like they're married yeah yeah and I feel like I don't usually like say stuff so some like cultural stuff that's become Mm. popular like I don't I don't like say something and I don't know like what the proper balance is because you want to be kind and loving but i feel like there's a lot of christians even that will just say it without like any like surprise say what what is it in this that they're living with their boyfriend yeah but but say what what would you say oh i'm living with my boyfriend no what would you say to a person that said that what could you possibly say (laughs) well i mean i guess it's just like if they have like no like feeling that it's wrong like should you say something? Like, should you point out? Like, that do you maybe... point out? Do you ask questions? Like, asking like maybe them to that's, unpack what, it? that's what I mean. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to be like, that's wrong. But I'm saying like, I don't say anything. Where I'm like, should I maybe question that? Because that right. feels like a big thing. Like, and that's become so like normal. Or like in our wonderful state, marijuana, mm-hmm. even in Christian circles, is quite prevalent. And so do you do you go ahead and ask some questions about that? Like as right. being like, is is this okay? And I mean maybe And that's hard because it's like Yeah, I mean you could have a good conversation with people, but like part of me assumes that they've probably rationalized it so effectively in their own minds that there's no point even having a conversation, which 
Mm. Does that mean we've given up, though? Yes, that would be giving up. Yes, that thing I just said, that that's giving up. But you are right, though. Like, if I ever do engage in stuff, like, their their rationalizations are thicker But do you than know truth. that it's going to be every time? Do you know that's that it's not point. going to affect them at all? That's a good point. And they may not show it to me, but maybe it makes them think. And aren't we all really desperate for the approval of every person around us? And if they even if a person even hints at the possibility that they don't approve of it, you know, doesn't that make you stop? and think about what you're doing oh yeah and I love it when people like um tell me like my very closest friends I love it when they point out something that I'm doing Mm. like I mean but then again like my closest friends aren't doing some of these things so it's kind of like that's that's a big problem like it's a person who you've already got a relationship with that can bear that kind of trust because like I wouldn't want some random stranger like coming up to me and like talking through stuff with me right being like you are wearing your hair unbound and uncovered (laughs) and it is cut way too short (laughs) yes exactly so i i don't know you know it's kind of uh it's kind of it's kind of dicey. Like he, I mean, he gives the example of. I'm sorry, you were gonna no. Say go something. ahead. Like I, I didn't like his example. Honestly, his example kind of upset me. Did it? Yeah. It was oh, good. C- We've got a good topic then. Well, yeah. So his example is uh, going to a tailor who is making him a suit, and he's ends up kind of witnessing to this tailor, and the tailor is like, "Oh, I've made suits for Christian pastors before." And this one, and it hasn't gone well. In fact, this one time they invited me over for dinner and tried to tell me all about Jesus. But then when I wouldn't agree with them at the end of the night, they just told me I was going to hell. And, and then like the guy who's writing this book doesn't like dig in, ask any more questions or offer any more details in this, in this anecdote. He just kind of goes, well, that obviously didn't work. And those people obviously made a mistake in trying to witness to him. Well, no, he was saying like he agreed with the point of like, like he agrees with what that pastor said, but he disagreed mm. with the method because he invited the guy to church and was like, please be my guest. How is and, that different? And so then the guy came and he brought another friend. How is that too. different? I'm confused because inviting someone to be a guest at your dinner at your home is even more in- intimate. Good point. We don't know how that ended with at church. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like, but I mean, it depends like how strongly this pastor was like, like we went to this bed and breakfast once (laughs) where we sat and they were like, please have dinner with us. We will bake you fish. Yeah. And we're like over an open fire. It was, it was beautiful. And I was like, please no. And Tim was like, yes. And so we did it. Um, and so anyway, the lady starts talking about how one time they had these Christians that came Mm. and told her to like get on her knees and accept Jesus. And so, like she did what they said and like followed yeah the, the sinner's prayer and got on her knees but she's like that was so rude but here's the thing we didn't say a thing and so like right. we didn't know at the time like what do you say then when someone is like that was hard. christians are insane let me tell you about this crazy experience i had with these wacko christians who witnessed to me it is really awkward. It's then. hard. And yes. so I feel like, you know, maybe he was like that. Maybe he was like proud for bringing him to church. But at the same point, if he has a solid church, which we don't know anything about this guy. I mean, they probably are going to say that this guy is going to go to hell without believing in Jesus. And so you're right. Like that is maybe I mean, even it's, more. It's, I don't know. It's both implied and explicit in the very fabric of our faith. That's a good point. And it's like, I mean, we want to be like relational with those that aren't saved and i mean the guy that brought him to his house was trying to be relational unless it was like a one-time thing and then he said you may never come over again because you're not a christian Mm. but if he tried to like bring him to dinner like maybe he was going to try to have a relationship which is more relational than just bringing him to church that's a good point so that's why i didn't understand why this guy like like this guy did not sorry the author did not explain why the anecdote about the other pastor was so offensive and so harmful yeah he just said it was wrong to try to do it that way and that his technique and approach wasn't effective so hopefully he'll kind of lay out for us where that is because i mean which is difficult for me because i'm like i can already see the argument like playing out it's a matter of degrees it's a matter of balance it's a matter of you know understanding each person and treating them in a different way yeah which isn't a very satisfying premise for a book (laughs) 
Right, right. But I mean, I mean, the gospel is the gospel is offensive. Like, yeah, and so I mean, it's, what I was it thinking. would be it'd be real difficult not to offend someone. And he was bringing up, and so then I was thinking, I was like, well, Jesus said some awfully offensive things to the people in his day. Like, he really broke people's minds at different times and and said crazy things. But then he brought up the a different story of of when Jesus and the woman who has caught in adultery was drugged before him. Oh yeah. And I was very, I was very interested to think like, Oh, he's bringing up a different illustration where I'm thinking to myself, like, like I could see an illustration for the other side too. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of a specific thing, but yeah, I don't know, but he did. He dined with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. And he, made them into his for the other side i'm sorry so what do you mean like an illustration for the that's other what i was side. trying to think of the other side of being direct and being offensive oh like when he wasn't direct when he went well what we were talking about earlier when he went in front of um like when he was tried right before the cross he didn't say anything well he was he did say i am which was no that was earlier wasn't it then right before the cross Ooh. that was like with the sanhedrin but like right before the cross didn't it say that he was like i thought that was what is res- going to be silent i thought that's what his response was in front before he was before he was sent to pilot hmm i th- i thought i mean which was an offensive you know nearly blasphemous or you know they saw it as blasphemous so yeah well, either way, like there was times where, I mean, that that he which maybe was is the silent. point of this book that, yeah, he was silent. But there wasn't there times where he was offensive. Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah, when he called them vipers and rude vipers. Yeah, when he told them that the kingdom of heaven was not going to have, you know, like I I don't know, like that the people who are going to enter the kingdom of heaven were not going to be like what people expected, that rich people weren't going to be able to enter. When he said that people had to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm thinking of examples like that. When he told uh, a person to let the dead bury their own dead and, you know, like he said very offensive things, I yeah. think, that, yeah. that broke people's brains. Yeah. I mean, and, and like when he's like, I have no mother and brothers or right or whatever right like and who that is my i mean who is so my yeah. you know which maybe hurt his he, mom's and feelings the, um oh what's the the woman who uh the woman at the well he was like straight up like oh yeah no actually you've had five husbands yeah like, and the one you're with isn't your husband right exactly so i feel like that's those are all examples of him not sugarcoating yeah the things that he knows right but then he does in the way that he doesn't like we were talking about like when he was on the cross he didn't strike everyone with lightning like Mm -hmm. he prayed for their their to be forgiven and yeah you know absolutely and so like his mercy is extreme well i i have a feeling that i hope that the that book continues to dig into those examples and show us how to draw uh a sensible or a draw a practical line between those two ends of the spectrum. Cause sharing the gospel has not been a strong suit for me because I feel like I don't want to, I don't know, break relationship or whatever. And I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like that that's been a struggle. And so, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to look at that. It could be encouraging. Yeah. We'll see. That's hard. It's going to be challenging, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Hmm. Kind Interesting. Of. <laughs> Say, will it challenge us to soften our hearts, or will it challenge us to to work harder? I hope to be more bold. Like, not work harder, but I right, hope to not be work bolder. Harder. To be bolder, yeah. I do hope for more boldness. If it's, like, more, like, soft-shoeing, I'll be kind of disappointed. That's what I was afraid of. And so I was worried about that too. But if he's bringing up Daniel, I mean, Daniel was like stood out, right? So, but not until he had to. No, well, he asked to like, like right away, like he asked about the food, like to be given different food immediately. Right. He drew he drew lines "Mm, and boundaries, and he stuck to them, and let God prove out his his faithfulness through those boundaries. 
Which is kind of cool because I feel like, you know, some of my, like some of the justice stuff is good within me, but mm. some of it is like, I just want to make it, ha- like I'll persevere more. But I mean, like, where's the glory for God in that? Where mm. when we're letting an enemy like strike you in some ways, like right. we're waiting took for my God. Tunic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to, you know, probably give you a terrible rating and mm-hmm. affect future business. And mm-hmm. so then we're going to have to wait for God to just bring us different clients despite these other things. Yep, probably. So that's tricky. So does that require boldness, faithfulness, hope, perseverance, all of the above? I mean, for me, that's more courageous because I'm believing God instead of um, being like doing what I know I do well. Which is perseverance. If I could just say the right <laughs> thing or just say enough things over and over again, I'll wear someone down. Well, I don't think, I don't know if I think like that. I just think if I just, if I'm like a placeholder, if you mm. just sit there long enough, like on the phone, like mm. eventually they're annoyed by you, like your presence. And so. Huh. I don't even know if it's like my wording. Like I trust you more for the wording. That's why I try to do the initial calls because Tim's got more of like a uh, ability ability to talk like that. But mine is more just like, I don't know, just a consistent showing up, calling them every day. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. The... My, this is a long log you have of phone calls. Boy, you've you've called us a lot, I see. <laughs> Do you have friends? No, Just give me give me a one. minute to uh, review all only of friend? your notes here. <laughs> the previous customer service representatives. Okay. <laughs> um, and so yes, so I I mean, and maybe for some people it is the wording thing or whatever, but I've never considered myself to be well-spoken um good words (laughs) right I've never had good words and so that's not really where I seem to go you know (laughs) but um (laughs) oh man that's perfect um we did have like um a fun little thing that we learned about um that I had a question for you so we learned that um I don't know if it's sold yet but we learned that Justin Bieber made a giant like painting mural thing yeah. with like spray paint. We were listening or yeah, to the relevant podcast. He made a great big painting with spray paint of a cross. Which so my thought In was front of some like, clouds. was like, okay, so I guess my question for you is should he um instead give like a concert? Like you can't like I mean you can't take the money from like other um like like from the record label and stuff, but he could right. take his personal money that he makes sure, from the concert sure. um, and like give like donate that instead or of auctioning off this painting of branch out mediocre to this weird talent mediocre mural sized giant thing. Like, should we be doing that? And so, like, I'm like, so do you have the like you have the choice what you give like to causes like you choose if you give yeah money or volunteer so is it like an unfair expectation of mine that i'm thinking maybe he should have just gone ahead and gone with what he knows and donated maybe that. he does that already but we never no one would have ever written a news story about it gotcha that's maybe. a good point so maybe but let's pretend he didn't, though. Okay, okay. For fun, for this. So he's like, he's got his business, he's got his livelihood, he's got his his main art, which brings him in lots of money. Right. Of that. And then he has this other outlet for artistic um, um, ambitions. Right. That he is deciding, oh, I'm going to dedicate this side of my art to uh to helping you know causes that i care about right is that okay or would it be better to just stick with one thing that you know well that's what i'm asking you i don't think it's fair i don't think it's fair to expect him to stop like you know if he's if he feels like he can make something that's interesting and that has a marketable value and he wants to you know sell it for a good cause then go for it and that's a good point. Like, I feel like, I feel like this, like, 
I feel like this practicality of like, that's not a wise decision. Mm. But then at the same point, like I do see what you're saying. Cause when I think about like us, like if somebody like writing's my craft, but if somebody said, will you write a church newsletter? If like those existed still, I don't even right. know if they do, but will you write the church newsletter? I'd be like, hard pass <laughs> it's so, i don't know mm. like i feel like i i would not want to do that i i just really really want it <laughs> and so like but i would want to use my talents like in a different way oh that's interesting but i don't like want to do the same thing so or like with childcare, i still have not volunteered with child very hard pass <laughs> right and that's even more so and i'm oh, just like but yet i use this i mean that's what that's what my livelihood is more right now is my yes. livelihood is watching my children yes and so like shouldn't i be sharing what i know uh-huh. like you know like uh-huh. so you could use that same thing but i'm like please give me something different if i do the same thing like I don't know, my eyeballs will fall out or something. Interesting. <laughs> Which may be possible. Boop. I don't know. <laughs> I I see I think I see what you're saying. It kinda sounds like you you agree with me that that, you know, he just wants to I think I do. I do just want different. to judge him, but I think I do agree because well, I don't hold the same Bieber. standard. Like our for culture myself. judges him already. <laughs> like he already receives plenty of judgment from the world. <laughs> so maybe I'm wanting to like jump on that bandwagon of like that it's fun to make fun of this it person. It is a fun bandwagon to be a part of. Because you feel kind of good when you get to make fun of someone. That well, and it's kind of like a sport, like a cultural hobby is like knowing who people are, like both the good people and the uh, ridiculous people. Like it's yeah. important to know who they are so we can have a conversation about the culture and who they are and like what their art is and whether they're any good or not. Right. Right. That's weird. It is. Kind of feels gross. It does, doesn't it now? Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Aren't you glad that you aren't in my seat? <laughs> well, your seat looks pretty comfortable. You I, always take the good seat. I like to think that you give it to me. That's that's true also. <laughs> and by give, I mean that, you know, I will ask you to remove yourself if you do sit in yeah, it. <laughs> and I agree. I agree to that. You are very nice about it. Um, so we have our other little game okay. that we asked the first question about the, how long would you keep? So your you're going to answer this one first. Okay. Right. So last, last episode or the episode before last, we had the question about once you're gone, what's the first thing that I would get rid of? Or was it more about like, what things would we keep or not keep? Like it was something like that. Yeah. I can't quite remember. How soon after a relationship ends, do you get rid of mementos? Yes. That was the question. Um, yes. And I, the first thing I brought up was, um, was scented candles, I think was going to be the first yes, thing I was going to dump. It, or no, the bed was the first thing you're going to bring Yeah, that's up. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, Oh yeah, and we so we kind of have two episodes right in a row right now because um we didn't post till late. You're assuming recent. that this one isn't going to also get posted late? I'm assuming that. Mm. We'll see what happens, but yeah, maybe oh, I should have done one. Okay, great. If you're in denial about one thing, what is it? How would I know <laughs> what I'm in denial about? That's true. That's true. What usually If do? if I don't know, does it wait? What was the question? If I don't know, I'm in denial. No, what no, is no, it no. About? Um, if you're in denial about one thing, oh, what is it? For some reason, I heard in my head like if <laughs> if if you're in denial, like if you don't know, you're in denial. What it? I'm not even making sense, but I just was thinking it was saying like you you don't understand. Oh man, I don't know denial. I mean, that's tricky. That's a hard question because. I like okay I will say what I come in out of in and out of denial right now is perhaps like my anger like I feel like my anger has gotten um better and it has um here my justification and sticking up for myself but then I may have slammed a cabinet that had glass in it and broke the glass. That might have happened. And so I feel like I I think like, oh, I'm doing better than I used to. But then 
Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like I've been losing it lately, mm. and I like to be like, well, I'm doing better, and like try to like stop thinking about it, you know, because right. I feel bad about it, like. You know, like, it's something I really dislike, and so I feel bad about it. So I try to, like, you know, quickly shut that down. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think I'm in denial about? No, that's not the question. No, I'd like to know. No, I liked your answer. I thought it was a good answer. (laughs) Something that's come up. It's something that we've talked about. Do you want to answer this one, or should I give you a different question? I I think maybe I... I think maybe I'm in denial about my my stress, my my hopelessness. Like I keep telling myself that it's okay and that it's like like sometimes in my small group like someone will ask like how are you doing, you know? Are you in pain? And it's sort of even odds whether or not I'll actually bring up anything that's going on. Like it's sort of a 50-50 week to week of, of whether or not I'll bring up all the things that are actually spinning around in my head or if I'll just kind of like erase it all from my mind to go, oh, things could be so much worse. I'm okay. Yeah. Like a lot of that is what I use to beat myself up is like, oh, things could be so much worse. And I'm grateful for all the blessings I can see and stuff. So I'm not going to worry about all the pain and, and frustrations. Yeah, that's like the the second thing that I could see you being in now for. Not mm. your top thing. But I'm oh, just kidding. interesting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Interesting. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, hang something over your head. No, I was completely kidding. I didn't God. have an answer. <laughs> but that was a good one. I do see you doing that. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> oh, fun. Oh, joy. <laughs> do you want to ask another question? What's the happiest movie ever made? Whoa. See, there's happy endings, and then there's happy all throughout. It wouldn't be a very good movie if it didn't have a, you know, dip down into, you know, darkness and and despair. Yeah, there could probably be happier movies. Like maybe what's the biggest? Like what's the biggest? Like like rise of 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 swell of hope that you know has happened in a movie. You know the the movie Fury where they all die in the tank in World War Two. Thought (laughs) that brought that brought you happiness. There is there's tears of joy. That was (laughs) Brad Brad Pitt died. Uh, no 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 i'm trying to think like what has been a good one um we watch sad movies we like our sad movies okay let me think of some other movies we've seen recently what did we see last we went saw it doesn't have to be recent it's something that makes you happy when you think about the movie oh i mean the ending of shawshank redemption definitely like you know on the beach with this you know little his boat and whatever like i don't know it's a really nice that's awesome it's a nice nice image that's a good answer yeah yeah Mm. mine is up Up. makes me happy oh man that's a good ending thank you makes me happy he triumphs over his loss he does makes me very happy finds a new friend it's a battle with himself yes and he wins. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. And he becomes a father figure <laughs> for a little boy who needs it. It's pretty cool. Man, yours is way better. Thanks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was hoping that you wouldn't take it. I was a little scared because it's like one of both. Of, it's a shared favorite oh, movie totally. between us. So totally. I was a little scared you were totally. going to take it. Speaking of children's movies. Oh, I mean, if we're just going to say every Pixar movie, like that's <laughs> like, oh well, my gosh, tear, tear jerking joy happiest. at the ending. I mean,. Oh, it's got to be, oh, is it, it's between Inside Out, Toy Story 3, and Up. Up has got to make you the happiest. Cool. But both Inside Out and Toy Story 3 have really, like, emotionally resonant endings. So it was kind of fun because speaking of children's movies, I went back to my segue scene, like how you interrupted my segue this time, mm-hmm. like, so I brought it back. The good segues Please. to keep children's movies. Um, so um, we uh, like Jungle Book is a favorite in this house. Oof. Watched painful number of times yep. by our children. Um, 
But anyway, I was talking to my friend about it, and I've always kind of thought of myself more as like Bagheera, because like the panther, mm, serious and protective, like, and he's worried a oh, lot. You know, gotcha. so I've always thought about that. But she was kind of like, kind of saw like some of like the blue in me Mm. and i was thinking like we were talking about like kind of the motivations of the characters and stuff Mm. and like like bagheera is going to get the kid the man child as well back home no matter what like no matter the detriment to himself like it's his little buddy wouldn't you don't you think it's kind of his little friend yeah he feels responsible yeah and so he's gonna do that even if it makes him sad to do it he's gonna do it but blue like is like like he may not mostly like, just looks out for himself but he like and he wants the kid with him even if it's not the best thing for him okay okay and so i can relate to that because i don't know if i would like get the man cub back to the village or if i'd more want to hang out with him you know like and have my little friend um like do you think it was like hard for for Bagheera to bring back the boy. Yeah, I mean, hard both in that it was a challenging task set before him and also... Did he like him? Yeah, he must have. He must have loved him. So what about you? Do you think, um, about speaking from the motivation standpoint, do Mm. you think you're the type of person that will get someone there, like, do something for them to the detriment of yourself or that maybe you would just if they make you feel good you keep them around you (laughs) i don't know if i'm explaining that well i see what you're saying i don't know i don't think that's a fair scale it's not well i mean the the thing about blue is like he loves him and so he's like feels all the time and he's like after this little boy's heart so he like really loves him and he gets his heart better than Bagheera does, sure. I think, because he like meets him where he's at. You know, I could see so some Bagheera all these in, things. in my choices, like being a parent. Like, feel I feel like that has brought out a lot of that in me. That focus on on the most important thing, even when it's beyond something that our children can see and understand. Yeah, yeah, because I see you pushing them a lot more to like. You know, to take care of putting on their own shoes mm-hmm. and to do these things where right. I'm like, I like to be needed. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't learn how to dress yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but there's like the good of like feeling, you know, like being being with them and like. Yeah, I definitely I could definitely see myself falling more on that side of like wanting to experience more the pride of them being independent and achieving things for themselves. But here's the tricky part. Like, I don't think like I had to ask, like, does Bagheera really like him? Like, I had to ask you that in some ways, like in some ways. Yeah. Like it does. It's not obvious to you that he loves him so deeply that that's why he's motivated. Like. In a lot of ways, but it's almost like a newfound realization because before I kind of just thought like, does he like him even like, interesting, you know? And, and so I feel like that that's the struggle with being the, the parent that maybe even loves them more because you're willing to do what needs to be done. Right. Like, does the kid question like, Hmm. if you really, so do you feel like there's room for that from different amounts from different parents? Do you think that that's healthy to have the parents disagreeing on the level of that sort of thing? I think so because I mean they made an amazing like like team. Yeah, hmm. like I mean they you know weren't but the yet, parents, but uh, I I think maybe you're right. But it's interesting because I'm guessing that that is a very common conflict and a and very Bagheera has fight. to feel really bad honestly mm. because he's the one that has to do everything. It's like when the parent says that they're tired of being the bad guy. Right. Right. That's like the pressure then because you know. But so like that's like the pressure. So I mean that would stink if you didn't have some of both. If the, each parent didn't mm. have some of both in them, it would be a bad situation. Huh. But I think it's not too bad if like one goes toward the other. And the funny part about this whole thing is I've always thought of you more as that blue character because right. you're funnier and playful. But when we look at our motivations, I do more like I'm like after their heart, 
really strongly. Yeah. And I like will be one of them more than like, I don't know, pushing them to what they need. But I know that they need that because they, they thrive when they have that from you. But I mean, I also have to like bring responsibility because otherwise there's, there's too much, you know, but I feel like, I feel like you're right that that is, you know, a common conflict. And I mean, they say some really funny things in the movie, like, like Bagheera will be like, said something about, you know, how every moment Mowgli's with you is like, you know, he's in immediate danger, you know? <laughs> right, right. And like Baloo's super insulted when he's compared to Bagheera and stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it struck me funnier this time, like watching it with another adult, like I think struck huh. me funnier because it's like, yeah, like I've like I've thought these things before. Like it's like the things you think about your partner. Sure. Like you know, like you think a lot of good things about their parenting, but sometimes I hope you do <laughs> put words in my mouth again <laughs> i think a lot of good things about your parenting but there's a lot of different moments where i think you know like i'm seed to like like i'll i'll be like i'll call you out on like pressuring them sure or like like sometimes i feel like you're too like yeah i'm not gonna change their diaper i'm gonna let it go you know right. what i mean and so like i think these it's different because things I hate diapers <laughs> it's nothing to do with trying to make them a better person <laughs> no that one is it i was saying like when you're the opposite when you're more blue and okay, you're like okay, ignoring gotcha. the, yes. the soaking through diaper yes. that sort of situation sure. that i'm like oh he's so like yes exactly so that so I feel like I'll think these things and we'll talk about them and stuff, you know, but um it's just it's just interesting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Can you both ever be in the same place? Like I don't know, like mm. like do you ever I don't think we should be. I think we should be the same way ever. I think we have to. I don't think we ever do react the same nope. way to any situation. I don't think we with do, kids. and they probably are gonna pick it apart very quickly. Like, ooh, ooh, I see. But how do they some parents like act the same, like react the same way to kids? I wonder. I don't know. I mean, maybe they engineer a situation where the kid only ever sees one type of reaction. But even if like they didn't engineer it, would they just like, is there some couple out there that often probably the same way? There's gotta be, there's gotta be people that have found someone who has a lot, most of their same levels of, of concern and care about each issue. Wouldn't that be interesting? If you're that person, go ahead and let us know what it's like. (laughs) If we should be envious of you or if, if you find it annoying to mm-hmm. be married to another Baloo or Bagheera. That'd be, that'd be really good. <laughs> All right. Well, that was an, another awesome episode, if I yes. do say so myself. And, and it's pretty great. It's pretty great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us uh, do this little uh, therapy session here on uh, on uh, on the podcast player that you're listening to. Uh, go ahead and, you know. Tell other people about our podcast if you like. Share it. Um, go and find us online. Our website is terribleaudio.com. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. We appreciate each listener. We really do. Deeply. We really do. And uh, hopefully we're getting better at this. And uh, yeah, we're just going to keep going. Keep keep digging this hole deeper and deeper. I said I liked honesty, so go ahead and send. If we're... <laughs> Getting worse. <laughs> Blue don't care. <laughs> uh huh. That's great. Bagheera is gonna have to read all that feedback and implement it and spend you hours. You know what is funny? I say that, but you're right. I will absolutely not read the emails. I'll tell you to tell me. <laughs> yep. Can't handle it. That's hilarious. I say that I can, but completely it would be on tim's shoulder if you tell him so um (laughs) awesome (laughs) you tell me if there's anything important i will is what i will is what my mantra with tim is (laughs) tell me if there's something i need to know there's a really important bill in your email inbox right now okay that's is there really (laughs) no i don't oh okay but that's yeah i don't check things so i like when tim tells me yeah there's often there's actually friends that know that they have to call tim 
to be able to contact me. And so, um, yeah, it's that, yeah, that's, that happens. (laughs) Oh, joy. This is a good situation we've got here. Sounds totally healthy. It really does. I like it. The, the, you know, he says, what does he say? Like the, they'll they'll come to you the um their necessities of, of life, life will, will come, come to you. you so they they come to me <laughs> through, well, through tim <laughs> well everyone uh, our prayer for you is that this week your own bare necessities of life would come to you <laughs> it's true so uh yeah with that uh, we are signing off i'm tim and i'm rebecca see you later